Hi, I'm George Brundle. Hi. Yes? Hey, how you doing? Who are you? Oh, you forgot? My name is George. I didn't forget your name, but the audience may have forgotten your name. Yeah, that's their fault. What we got All today? Right, well, hmm. So you know how we, we finished up Spooktober and I said we didn't have anything else uh, to do that was scary or spooky or dealing with ghosts and monsters, right? Uh, I don't think you said that, but okay. I, I recall making that guarantee. Unfortunately, I have to kind of go back on it. Um, I picked out a couple of really great games to talk about today, but I thought that it would be fun to actually bring uh, one of the developers of the game on the show and talk with them about the game that they were uh, but unfortunately, in order to do so, we must commune with the dead. So, Larry, okay. if you would take my hand, we need to we All need right. to form a, a seance ring. All right. I mean, yeah, I, I just grip. watched Hereditary, so I know this isn't going to turn out well. But all right. Oh, you know, I prefer to go out this glass half full. Okay. Uh, so just all right. You got a good firm grip. Yep. Hands are really wet. Well. Uh... You know, I have those, I do have those uh, third-party controllers that have the fans in the grip, and that helps a lot. Um, You need them. Yeah. This is disgusting. All right, just close your eyes. Okay. I'm communing with the dead now, reaching over to the other side. I think, yes, I've made a connection. Larry, I have Doug Tenapel here. Please ask him anything. Any questions that you might have for Doug Tenable? Uh, um, D- Doug, why yes. did you say say those things on your blog? Okay, Doug, why did you say those things on your blog about transgendered people? Oh, no. Uh huh. Yeah. No. I. Okay. Now that's... Uh-oh. Um, Larry, I think he's going to be going at this for a while. Yeah, uh, I don't think we need to hear what he has to say. No, this is like talking to my dad. Yeah. Okay, I think that maybe we need to just let Doug go and we'll talk about Earthworm Jim 1 and 2 on our own. Okay, I, I don't need right. uh, to hear him talk about his friendship with Ethan Van Skyver. Okay, I'll let him in. Doug, 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 Doug. Yeah, no, we need to go, Doug. Okay, yes. No. Nope. I love you I like too. skull monkeys Bye. a lot. Bye. Uh, okay. Get Doug out of here. Earthworm Jim uh, 1 and 2. I played them on the Sega Genesis, because uh, that's the system that they were intended for, damn it. Okay. I played them on the <laughs> Even... Super Nintendo, which is a common thread. Perfect. <laughs> so we've we've all we both played this game just opposite versions from each other. Yes. Uh, I played the first Earthworm Jim uh, on a rental back in the day, but I never actually sat down and played Earthworm Jim two, uh, which kind of coming out of this I think is the better of the two games, even it though is. it kind of seems like people disagree with that. Yeah, and I don't know why. Me either, because it kind of feels like it is just a much more solid and focused experience. Like, which is weird too, because like the first Earthworm Gym is mostly just get from point A to point B, and like two is pretty good about giving you a gimmick in every level. 
but like none of those gimmicks necessarily felt half-baked or bad to me. I think the thing I see people saying, the thing people always bring up is the level where it's like an isometric flying one and you have to uh, like bump the bomb all the way to the end. And that mm. one does suck, but that's only one level. Know. What? Two, two, I don't, I barely even remember that level. Okay. Uh, Lorenzo's Soil is from 2, now that's which is my argument. Yes. Yeah, that 2 is the better game. Also, um, oh. it's not a problem. Yeah! Oh, actually, so the the one part of 2 I really did hate was the uh, snot boss, where you're, like, bungee jumping down, because that just felt, like, really finicky to me. Uh, well, I was just having a hard time bumping him into the, the sides. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a great level gameplay-wise, but I really like... You're just bungee jumping against a snot monster, and he does that like funny spin around. It has great music. Yeah, no, like the presentation at that level is good, but the presentation through like all of Earthworm Jim one and two, I think, is fantastic. Like they have a very sort of dadaist, surreal look about them. My favorite thing, I think, out of either of them is uh, the heck level in uh, Earthworm Jim one, mm. which is just like I... it has. It's like full of lawyers and elevators and stuff, and the soundtrack is like elevator music with screams in it. Yeah, I I think my favorite is the one where you turn into that salamander for yes. no good reason, and you're just like, Sonata. yeah, and you're you're navigating around and like, because uh, I think it's called intestinal distress, isn't it? I don't that, um, no, that might be a, the name of another level, but you're point is like you're trying to navigate around this very fleshy gross environment and not like touch the walls or touch any of these like sheep that are floating around that blow up when it you has run into a, them. it has like pinball bumpers in it I, yeah i think it does and, and then you, like, like you have to do a quiz yeah i was gonna say like the end boss at that level is this quiz show and it's just the usually the most ridiculous answer is the one that's actually correct yeah. even if like the correct answer is one God, Earthworm Jim is so weird. IGN gave uh, Earthworm Jim 2 a 4 out of 10. Fucking bullshit. Yeah. Who did they say was the best character of 1993? <laughs> Don't know. <laughs> um, Ridge Racer so wasn't out yet, that... so it can't be him. Oh. Uh, so I know that we have brought this up at some point on the show. Uh, I think as like a total aside, we didn't spend too much time on it, but this idea of whether or not uh, For Pete's Sake was removed from one version of the game but was present in another. Yeah. Because uh, I think you said it's not in the Super Nintendo version. It's not. You are wrong. It's not? Wait, really? Uh, so I'm reading right off of the Earthworm Jim wiki, which I can only hope is better than all the other wikis that we have ever had to refer to, perhaps on other podcasts. Uh, but this says, for Pete's sake, contains some of the most variants seen throughout different ports of the game. The Nintendo, uh, in the Super, NES, and Game Boy Advance versions of the game, for Pete's sake is a darker level taking place at night with pale moons dominating the background. In the Sega Genesis, CD, PC, and HD versions, the moons are step bright orange and red planets. And the level is much more colorful and taking place during the day. Oh, this level, yeah. This isn't the one I'm talking about. There's Which one? Oh, uh, where you're having to bounce the dogs across in two? No. 
there's another peat level that's only in like the sega cd version or something Uh, okay well then that would be why because i didn't play the (laughs) yeah that's why (laughs) no i thought that i thought that the thing that we had always gotten into about that and just sort of like vaguely confirmed amongst ourselves without actually checking was that it was in the genesis version that might be it Uh, i don't know i just know it's not in the super nintendo one okay yeah it's i remember this level there's a second level but i mean like the the sega cd version is based off the genesis version and it contains all of its levels um yeah uh, big broody is what i i had okay apparently it's not a pete level i thought it was okay well yeah hey i never played that version so that's why i didn't know i i just always heard people talk about this level and so i thought that was what it was only we had doug to Naples here he could have cleared this all up for us no that's okay <laughs> are you sure i could get him back on the spirit blower <laughs> Some big baby's like a weird it's like a red dinosaur yeah, uh, also named after Nick Broody, who was the lead artist on Earth Room Jim. Okay. Yeah, see, I don't yeah. know. I, I think maybe it's because like I saw the name of that, and so I just assumed, oh, it must be like a Pete level where he's in the big form and chases mm-hmm. you or something. Yeah. Uh, I will say, though, uh, like that's not boss. Uh, other negative highlights for me about Earth Room Jim 2, actually, would be the final boss where you're uh, racing against Psycro. Yeah. Like that thing is a pain in the ass. Yeah. And asteroids do... though. One of the great all time game soundtracks. Yeah. Tommy Tallarico did some great work on here. Uh I have the two record vinyl collection of uh, Earthworm Jim one and two soundtracks. That'd be a damn good vinyl to have. Yeah. Uh yeah, let's talk a little bit about the people who are involved uh with this game. Maybe a little bit about the development of it, uh, because this thing kind of started... The genesis of Earthworm Jim is a little strange to me, because it started as, like, Playmates did really well with their Ninja Turtles line of toys, and they were just like, it'd be great if we had, like, a different IP that we could kind of latch onto, but, like, what if it started out as a video game first? And so then they worked with uh, Shiny, who had recently hired to Nable, and... uh, David Perry uh, was enamored with this kind of sketch that Tenable did of Earthworm Jim, and they were like, okay, let's turn this into a game. Uh, so from its start, it was... Like, it's definitely Tenable's brainchild. Like, there is something very unique about Earthworm Jim, which is also what makes it kind of odd that it's also a bit of a boardroom thing. Like, they wanted to try to make a highly marketable character. Yeah. So they could do, like, toys and TV shows and shit. Speaking of TV shows, Earthworm Jim's show is pretty good. Yeah, it stars uh, Dan Castellaneta. Yep. I, uh, yeah. I, I watched it and fairly we... recently, like uh, within the past year or so. Uh, holds up. Still funny. I meant, to sit, I meant to sit down and watch some of it before this, and unfortunately I could not find the time to do that. But I do remember it. Uh, I remember... For some, reason, for some reason, Peter Puppy quotes Dune in it. <laughs> when he's trying not, that. when he's trying not to hulk out he just like starts repeating uh i must not fear fears the mind killer fears of like the whole <laughs> thing from dune it's really good 
that does sound pretty good. Uh, Professor uh, yeah, Monkey, coming Monkey for a Head cycle. is a major character in it, which is cool because uh, he's barely in the games. Yeah. Yeah. There they want to do like villains a new... that like don't do anything in the games, like Bob the Goldfish, who is the first boss oh, sure. of Earthworm Jim Two, one... and you just go yeah. up to him and Jim eats him. Yeah, and then that's it. You never really see him ever again. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I think they said that they wanted to do a new Earthworm Jim show over on Netflix or something like that, but I don't think anything's come of that. Uh, Remember, which is really like a, a trend with Earthworm Jim, uh, similar to Arrow the Acrobat, is that people keep wanting to do things with it and then backing down. Well, they did that HD version on Xbox Live Arcade, which included like keyboard cat and stuff in it. Oh, God. Really? Yeah. Oh, That's why Jesus I never Christ. bought it. Because it was like. I know that there was like a multiplayer thing in it yes. that was also based off of the Peter Puppy level and like, ugh. Yeah. No. Yeah, there's. Yeah, there's stuff like that in there too. Yeah. You know, though. But, uh, um, hey, uh, funny you mentioned that. Uh, Doug Tenaple did just do. Uh, it's kind of weird. Did from Beyond the Grave. Uh, a. Not Kickstarter, but uh, Indiegogo for an Earthworm Jim comic. How did that go? Uh, it's a success. Uh, I'll be oh. getting my copy uh, whenever it's done. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good, good, good for Doug, I guess. Well, uh, good for Doug yeah, I... as long as he is not saying <laughs> extremely questionable things. Uh, as long yeah. as he hasn't put it in the comic. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's kind of the thing with all that stuff is D- Doug Tenaple is kind of a trash person and i don't really want to hear him talk about anything kind of as in he definitely uh i don't want to hear him talk about anything i just want to see the stuff that he makes because at least the stuff that he makes does not seem to actually be all that influenced by his uh shitty opinion it doesn't at all yeah nothing about earthworm jim strikes me as being transphobic in any fucking way whatsoever nope Uh, um I think he also like consciously does not put any of that in his work, which is good. Uh, yeah. I wish more creators like that did that. Like if you're going to be dumb, uh, at least don't let it infect your work. Yeah. Uh, uh, look, I've, I've never played Arma Krogger the Neverhood, but I'm going to I'm going to assume that nobody intentionally vindictively misgenders somebody in those <laughs> no. games. No. Well, Neverhood was back before he really went off the deep end. But uh, Armacrog mm-hmm. also doesn't. Um, yeah. But also, I I think he, he was. Uh, I think he just like did the art stuff for that. I, I don't know that he was involved with it beyond that. I'm not sure. Uh, uh, but I, I've read the all stuff of that his I look comics up just... so far, and it's fine. Yeah, uh, I do know that he was the writer and storyboard artist of Ape Escape, though. Really? Yeah, that's a thing I did not know. Before I sat down to research this stuff and was just like, huh, really? Ape Escape? I guess that makes a certain amount of sense. But the, the perhaps the less surprising thing is that he was also a uh, writer and executive producer of Veggie Tales in the House. Mm. Uh, which is a thing that I vaguely do remember about him. Is it like WWE uh, in your house? WWF <laughs> back then? Uh... Uh, yeah, no, they, they uh, throw the tomato a... into a bunch of tacks and then, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Larry gives uh, Bob the tomato a diamond cutter off the top rope. <laughs> hey, he falls through the cage and nearly breaks his neck. I like how uh, the only wrestling thing you've seen is the Undertaker Mankind <laughs> match, so that's what you come up with. I was every trying time. to. No, I was trying to. I was trying to think of how to tie it into the bit of Dean Ambrose going to Coney Island and then oh. coming back with a hot dog cart, but that was a little bit more difficult. I love how really hardcore wrestling fans hate that bit so much. Like that's <laughs> always. Man, what that's they, I know. I love it. But that's always what they point to. Like, they ruined Dean Ambrose's character. And yeah, they kind of did, but guess what? That bit was funny. Yeah. He's doing fine. Oh, man. He got free. Yeah. He's in AEW now. Oh, good Which for AEW him. is great. Uh, yeah. Highly recommend the, uh, the first, uh, I guess you'd call them episodes, aired last week. And the first match was Cody Rhodes versus a furry twink. Uh, and it was great <laughs> Okay I guess I'll need to check this out Yeah uh, uh, Alright Chris Jericho attacked him after the match And uh, he started to say something And then it just like cut to commercial I guess they were short on time Because they had to check in with Kevin Smith On the sideline uh, They just like cut back and Jericho was gone Did Did he call anyone a cat? A what? Kevin Smith, did he call anyone a cat? He's always like, oh yeah, that cat. I knew him. Oh, maybe. I don't know. That, that fucking way that he talks. I don't know. I wasn't paying too much. I was busy looking at him. He looks weird. Yeah, no, he fat. lost a, Yeah, he lost a, all that weight. Because, yeah. you know, on account of having a damn heart attack. I mean, he looks fine. It's just like after so long seeing him fat, it's weird. Yes, it it is. It is like seeing slimmed down Drew Carey or yes. Pendulum. Where or he, John for Goodman. Decades you have seen them as being one way, and while it's very good on them for uh, exercising and dieting and taking better care of themselves and slimming down and achieving what they want to achieve, but it is also kind of have to acclimate to seeing them so different because it also for them seems to have happened very quickly. Yes, very drastically. It's like uh, when you come home and your dad shaved his mustache. <laughs> exactly. Or when uh, my dad did this once where he came home one day and just had a big-ass uh, colored ram tattoo on his calf uh, that was never there before. <laughs> Covered all of his calf. And I was just like... Is it like the sports which... team, the Rams, or something? No, no, no. It's it's because it's a Zodiac sign. Because, look, he's he's extremely white and very original. Uh, so okay. he went with that. Um, and like, I, I was just like, I can't believe I fucking said this to him. I was just like, is that an airbrush thing? Like, did you go to the county fair and get that airbrushed on? And he got really fucking mad and insisted it was a real tattoo. And like, I legitimately didn't believe him for like a week. And then when it wasn't fading away, I was just like, oh damn, you really did that. That looks terrible. I got this, uh, calf tattoo of Tony Montana. Got done at the mall. Uh, might as well have just got like a caricature of his wife with like a giant head riding around in a go-kart tattoo to his cap or something. It looked fucking awful. And then like my sister, uh, definitely my, my father's daughter, uh, also got a Zodiac themed tattoo, but instead she got hers, a scorpion, uh, tattooed right on her face. So. Ooh, this explains how you knew about face tattoos. Yes. 
Yeah, I, I know a lot about face tattoos as a result of this, because my thought at the time was like, I don't think that like normal actual tattoo parlors are even allowed to do that. Uh, they are. It's like actually very taboo. Uh, most of them will not do that. Uh, they won't do anything that is considered a job killer, basically. But, you know, bless it. My sister found somebody. Oh, that's nice. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, things are not going good for her. I must not get anyway. face tattoos. Face tattoos are the job killer. <laughs> anyway, I also wanted to talk about Dave Perry. <laughs> Yeah, Dave Perry, my boy. Oh, uh, because he's yeah, because he's somebody who we've also kind of talked about a little bit on this show back when we did the Aladdin episode. Yep. Oh, uh, which is you know, gives that he worked on. Uh, most of the people from Aladdin went on to go do uh, stuff over at Shiny mm -hmm. uh, and worked on Earthworm Jim one and two. Uh, he also did uh, work on Smash TV. Oh, big money, big prizes. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, he did Enter the Matrix. Not. A particularly good game you know what though uh, they apparently were under a huge crunch at the time to get that thing out to coincide with the movie uh and for what it is it's all right it has some good ideas i didn't i didn't know that i actually don't know much about the development of it, um well i mean it had to be out when the second movie came out because it like tells a parallel story to it so that's why it's so buggy. And, you know, maybe they'll do an episode of that on the hit YouTube show, What Happened. Uh, hey, what happened? Yeah, I want to get into that for just a second. This is a thing on YouTube. It is a show that kind of documents what went wrong with bad games. Uh, like, you know, brief 20-minute documentary on uh, what happened with, like, I don't know, Daikatana. Uh, in itself, not a bad concept, but it's named What Happened. Which is a uh, uh, here's what went wrong with Daikatana. Uh, John Romero got a whole lot of cocaine and then forgot <laughs> to make a game. <laughs> yeah, sure. And then someone made that ad and he signed off on it. And then yep. after the fact, was just, that was a bad idea. Yeah, he spent all the money on advertising <laughs> to make those very good magazine ads and then was like, oh, right, we need to have a game put on a disc uh what's weird is like the game boy version of that's apparently not bad but also okay. a completely different thing i think or zelda-esque or something like that i mean really the uh, thing about daikatana in general is it's not that bad like mm. it's not the worst thing ever it's just kind of like it's bad but it's just generically bad Getting sidetracked of a sidetrack, though, uh, the what happened thing, my issue with it is that it is aping off of a uh, bit from A Mighty Wind, uh, which is really good. Fred Willard, talk, uh, his character talking about the show he used to do called What Happened. After the show, I go down and introduce myself. His name is George Menchel. He had been with a group called the Main Street Singers. Now, I was never into folk music. I'd worked some bills with some folkies, you know, put him in the cell with a long hose on him, put him in the cell with a long hose on him. And I used to say, if he's got a long enough hose, uh, he's going to have a lot of friends in the shower room. Uh, <laughs> folk audiences hated that joke. And now it is on YouTube where when you search for what happened, that's like not even on the first page anymore. Oh, that's a tragedy. 
Yeah, bearing Fred Willard. He does not have many years left, you monsters. <laughs> oh, and My Wind is one of my favorite movies, and that is yeah. the funniest part in it. Um, yeah. Anyway, I keep leaving comments on the guy's videos, and it's just like, why won't you say your catchphrase, I can't do my, my work. work! I have a real wed wagon. <laughs> I think it was also the first time anyone used the phrase, I don't, I don't think, think so. <laughs> but anyway, uh, another game that Dave Perry worked on that is one that I actually really would like to check out if I can ever find the type is MDK, because I always remember seeing advertisements for that and then people kind of like going around saying like, oh, it stands for like a murder, death, kill or something <laughs> yeah. like that. And I think that that actually is not what it actually stands for. I think that they confirmed that at some point. I I think so, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, D Dave Perry has a very good pedigree of, of games. Even the ones that are kind of questionable are still ones that you end up uh, remembering. And then, uh, of course, we've mentioned Tommy Tallarico doing the music. First electric guitar in a video game was Tommy Tallarico. A uh, quick note, uh, meaning of MDK, uh, the gaming press and fans adopted Murder, Death, Kill, uh, but a possibility is in the game's manual where Kurt's mission is named Mission Deliver Kindness, which I think that's actually probably the actual answer. Yeah, I I did kind of like vaguely remember that the actual version or the actual definition of it was like almost the total opposite of what people said it was. Well, I mean, he is going to shoot a whole bunch of stuff, so it's like an ironic mission name. Um, well, you know, Operation Snake Eater. He didn't go and eat any snakes. Well, at first, yeah, he did. At first, he's just chomping, chomping right into him too. He just well, takes no. the snake, pulls it in from end, and just bites into it. Snake takes one fucking bite. Is like, uh, good enough, and then throws the rest <laughs> of the damn snake on the ground. But isn't um, okay. Which which is which? Is Snake Eater the first mission where he falls off the bridge and everything, or is that virtuous oh. mission? That's the virtuous mission. Okay. I couldn't remember That's which one was which. But... Still is like snake just picking up a stick, snake and taking a bite out of it like a damn apple. Yeah. God, he's such a freak. He does it with fish too, though. Like anything. He oh, just grabs yeah. something and takes a chomp. And he always does that thing where it's not even like he's satisfied. He's just sort of like, Ugh. Pretty good. <laughs> uh, but... On the subject of MDK, I tried playing that. I didn't play it back in the day. Uh, it has some issues with modern PCs. Uh. And because of, like, it seems like it's specifically because of the weird rendering method it uses or something. Uh, and with, like, so the whole thing is that Kurt has this weird helmet, uh, which is like a sniper rifle built into the helmet which can also zoom crazy far, which was impressive at the time, obviously. Uh, you could... That might be, like, the first sniper zoom in any game, actually. Uh, but yeah, it, it kind of doesn't work that well. I played a lot of MDK2 on the Dreamcast. God, That's I forgot a great game. Was... Yeah. See, I would, I would think that that would, at the very least, emulate well. But... Oh yeah, and there's a PS2 version too, uh, and they mm. they oh they did do an HD version of it actually. 
There is like oh. an MDK2 remastered, I think, uh, on GOG. I don't know if it's on Steam mm-hmm. or not. If it's not, well, I mean, even if it I'll is... Probably have to, I'll probably have to try that out at some point. I've been yeah. considering expanding the list some, actually, to include PC games, but you know I, what? I don't know. I, don't uh, know. I was thinking recently, like, yeah. you did all of the spooky games and stuff, and I was like, okay, have you played Condemned? No. Of course not. Although I've heard very I've heard very good things about Condemned. Yeah. Have you played Fear, the original Fear? No, I have not played the original. Of course one. not. Yeah. No, there's <laughs> there is a lot of scary games that I've not played. By all uh, means though, Arrow the Acrobat 1 and 2. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to see if they held up. You dullard. <laughs> No, like I also didn't play the original three Resident Evils until I did that just a year ago. Like I, I played the the remake and and stuff that came out after, but I never actually sat down and played the original ones on the PlayStation. So everything that I played for that was games that I had not actually sat down and played at least to completion. Okay. Uh, I know that there are a lot of horror games I've not gotten through. Believe me, I'm good and stocked up for many Octobers to come. So I will definitely get to fear and condemned and stuff like that eventually. Okay. I, I am aware of them. I know they're good games. I want to sit down and play them. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I should probably drag this back to Earthworm Jim before we finish up. Um, so I there are multiple versions of this game, which we had kind of mentioned. Obviously, this began development on the gen- Genesis. Every other version that it came out uh, is a port from the Genesis, even though the SNES one. Uh, they, they change a few things. Like, that Pete level obviously has a, a totally different look to it. Stuff like that. Like, it's not just a straight port. Yeah. They, uh, they even still, though they were doing... They do, like, they're on par. Like, it's not like this one is superior yeah. to the other one. Like, they basically all look the same. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, I, I did find out, which I did not know, is a Atari Jaguar version of the game was planned Please at one stop point. stop saying Jaguar. What? Do That's it. how you say it, Jaguar. <laughs> Do it every time. I don't know if it's a bit not, at this point or what. It's not. I'm not saying it wrong. How would you say it? Jaguar. Jaguar? Jaguar. Jag... Jaguar? Anyway, there was a Jaguar version that they were going to do. Yeah. Uh, it was headed up by uh, Norman B. Kowalski. Norman uh, B. Reedus. Atari. Yes, definitely. That is who it was. That's how we uh, He did that, uh, he and departed... then uh, Boondock Saints. <laughs> he departed from the company. Uh, and when this happened, uh, this conversion of the game was canceled. Uh, but the thing that I thought was interesting about this was also, by the way, they lost all the source code to it, so it just doesn't even exist anymore. Of course. Yeah. I love it when that happens with old games. By I love it, I mean, like, no, I don't actually. That's fucking terrible. But I also am kind of amused by when these companies just don't give a fuck and they just delete all the source code. Yeah. And there are, uh, seems to be very few people who actually care about preserving stuff, even as it exists. Yeah. Uh... I was talking to you earlier today about Silent Hill uh, because I'm going back and playing those games and that is not to get into a whole thing about that but similarly, the reason the HD collection of that game was so fucked up uh, in part, there are many reasons why it was, but in part was that 
they could not get to the source code of the final uh the finalized retail versions of those games what they could get at was like the beta code yeah and so they just have all these that that doesn't cover why they used comic sans for like a park sign though and weird oh, sure. stuff like I mean, that the, there are a, there are a a myriad of other decisions that they made with those ports that are entirely on that team and don't make any sense but uh, the genesis of it seems to me that they could only get at like the beta code of that game because Konami big shock did not save the source code for the retail release well, i don't believe that Konami is so <laughs> forward thinking yeah uh well, I mean, Japanese company trying to get out of actually making video games is a little bit forward thinking, considering what that market is like. Maybe. Money's in yeah. the pachinko. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I saw Kaiju. But the but, but, but point is, uh, this is something that has come up a lot for me lately in looking at some of these old games. It's just like, oh, the source code's missing. Crap. Uh, it's a big shock. Happened with an Earthworm Jim game. Uh, and then uh, at some point, the the original creative team they they all moved on, went to do different things. Uh, so when it came time to do the third Earthworm Jim, it was um, totally different team at that point. That like outright rejected input from the original team. Mm. Well, it but, turned out great, at least. Oh sure. I mean, you're being sarcastic, right? I've never played it, but I've only read really extremely bad things. So this is a bit, yes. Yes, it's very bad. Okay. Look, I couldn't be sure because again, a lot of people say that Earthworm Two or Earthworm Jim Two is worse than the first one, which I just don't. I don't understand that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, a terrible game. Uh, pretty much killed Earthworm Jim, and then uh, since then, it's mostly been like they wanted to do an Earthworm Jim Four, and then this was talked about for years, and nothing has actually come of it. Who? Uh, do you know who? Voiced Earthworm Jim, Doug to Nibble. It was okay. I yeah. didn't know that. Uh, like Lorne Landing voicing everyone in Oddworld, I guess. Exactly. It's exactly like Oddworld. Read Lorne Landing's blog. <laughs> okay, I will <laughs> actually. Uh, because... Lorne Lauren Landing is a saint. Yeah, he's Lauren a very Landing. good boy. Uh, he's he's very good. I've yeah. some Lorne Landing. Uh, but I kind of. But I kind of wrote down the uh, the timeline in Earthworm Jim 4, and I didn't know that that's something that you would be interested in, because I thought it was kind of neat how they could just never commit to this thing. Sure, go for it. Um, so, in 2006, uh, Atari announced Earthworm Jim uh, for the PSP, uh, which was somewhat of a remake, and then somewhat adding new content. Uh, like, the, the thing that I had written down here was that it was mostly original content, rather than being a remake, but the only footage that came out of it showed New Junk City. Uh, the game was slated for 2007, uh, but it was canceled due to financial concerns of Override Interplay, who needed money to finish their Fallout MMO. Oh, Remember right. how that was a thing that was going to exist? Well, so they claimed. Uh, so with Earthworm Jim on the PSP around 80% complete, they decided, well, we really need this Earthworm Jim cash to finish the Fallout thing and decided to cancel the project. Uh, even though, like, the 80% thing is also cited as uh, maybe being a bit inflated. I can um, believe that. But 
still like they they actually had work to show for it apparently it was being shown to members of the press people were able to get their hands on it canceled uh but do you know what the last game interplay made was oh i don't look look that up i can't think i'm thinking like okay there was sacrifice there was giant citizen kabuto that's a great game don't know no, maybe you should look that up because I, I actually have no idea. Okay. Um, but uh, Interplay in 2008, uh, after this whole PSP thing happened, uh, announced Earthworm Jim 4. Uh, they were going to bring Tenable back as a creative consultant. Uh, and apparently, not having learned how to manage their finances, they were also like, oh, we're doing another movie, like a TV show tie into the game, also. None of this has come out. So. Uh, but uh, rumors started then that Tenable had like begun work on the game. Uh, it was going to be released for the Wii in 2010, and then Tenable came out and was just like, uh, no, I'm not working on anything. We've not done anything outside of us getting in a room and saying, like, it'd be cool if there were an Earthworm Jim 4. This is difficult to, uh, to make to narrow the details down. of. Um... Well, there's a list of interplay games, but it doesn't seem like you can just make it sort by year. So there's a lot uh, of stuff here. Um, yeah. They did do the Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance games. Uh, some, oh. There's Stonekeep Bones of the Ancestors from 2012. That was a WiiWare game. <laughs> Interplay doing real well for themselves. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder if it's something like um, Atari, you know, where it's like bought by another company. I I would think so because the the way that this timeline is going might kind of clear some of that. I'm just up, gonna actually. look at uh, Shiny. Um, right, Enter the Matrix. I don't think Shiny still around. I no. thought that they changed so, and they changed their name, get bought out. So Shiny merged with the Collective. I have uh, spoken praises of many times Specifically for that Buffy the Vampire Slayer game on Xbox Which is really good Way better than it should have been And uh, Indiana Jones and the Emperor's Tomb Uh, But they merged with them to form Double Helix Games Who who, uh, did Season 1 of Killer Instinct And Silent Hill Homecoming (sighs) Front Mission Evolved, oh, <laughs> which was the third-person shooter front mission, because that's what everyone. That's what was. I was trying to. Yeah, that's what I was trying to remember. Was that the one where you got out of the damn robot? Which is not something you should ever do in a front uh, mission you game. You don't get out of it. You know, like you're controlling the robot. I thought there was one where you do like you can jump into and out of it, or is that like an armored core? I don't know of any armored core you can get out. There, there is, there is one of those mech games where they did a sequel to it. Was where it was like, oh, in this one, you're able to jump out of the robot for on the foot sections and then jump back into the robot, and it was not good. It's called a uh, Titanfall. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it was called Shogun. A Shogun, or not Shogun. Oh, Shogo. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to be like, no, it's not that either. Um, no, it, it was like an armored core from mission or something like that. It, whatever, it wasn't good. Is the point. Okay. 
Uh, but yeah, sure. Something. With like front mission specifically, it's also like those are tactical RPGs. So like if you come to front mission for anything, you would be that and not necessarily a third person shooter. In uh, left, so I think that there there's was... Left Alive, which is a front mission game, despite not saying so in the title. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's good though. Not not a game that anyone would want to play, regardless. Yeah. But um, to kind of get back to this, uh, the, they they drew away all the the money into the Fallout thing. They canceled uh they canceled the Earthworm Jim PSP game and then they were going to do an Earthworm Jim 4 uh with Tenable's involvement and then Tenable was like no we're not actually working on that. Uh, so then like a year after him making that statement and this might surprise you uh Interplay was in huge financial trouble again. Uh but still listed Earthworm Jim 4 as being in development even though it had been stated that it was not actually being worked on at all. Uh, so then Dave Perry said at the Develop Conference in 2012 that a new Earthworm Jam was a certainty. It's more of when and not if. Uh, and then up until 2015, there's still no new details on Earthworm Jam 4 uh, when artist Nick Bruddy uh, during an AMA said that five years prior it seemed likely but that there were difficulties working out uh, the IP. Hmm. Like who had the ownership over what they could do with it. See, so, I figured Doug Tenable has it. Yeah, that, that that would be my impression too. Um, He's making that but comic, fast, so I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would be good to get sorted out. Uh, but fast forward now to May 2019, just uh, this earlier in this last year, uh, Intellivision announced that Earthworm Jim Four would come to the Intellivision Amico, uh, and during a live stream with the creative team, which included Tenepple, Tal Rico, uh, Nick Brody, and Dave Perry. Uh, the game was confirmed to play in 2D like the originals. It would not be a reboot and would include some prequel elements as well as multiplayer. Right, uh, there's I no this. I vaguely do. Like I, I remember them saying that there was a new Earthworm Jim coming to the Amico, but I, I don't. I, I didn't remember. remember I remember seeing like they showed concept art from it, right? Like there were some sketches. Uh, they might. They might have. I did not actually see that when I was looking this stuff up again. But okay, I would express. I completely um, forgot about that until now because also what is the Intellivision Amico? Yeah, right? Like so that's the thing is that's coming out uh like a year from now in October 2020. <laughs> ostensibly. Like I look, I don't I don't know that it's actually coming out then. That's just what it says on paper right now. Yeah, they're going to uh, they're going to be some stiff competition for Sony. <laughs> that's right. Uh, look, the, the holiday 2020 is going to be a real cutthroat, Larry. Mm-hmm. Um, but the unfortunate thing, the, the Amico might have a little trouble getting off the, round, the, the ground without a killer app because Earthworm Jim will not be coming to the Amico on release. <laughs> that is the one thing that they know. There is no release date, but it will not come out in October 2020. I'd love it if they were like ahead of schedule on it and were just like, well, we said it's not going to be on the, their own release, so uh, a week after it comes out, Earthworm Jim 4. Oh, look, man. You can't say anything about Tug Tenable. It's that he holds to his guns. By the way, uh, not coming out in 2020. It ain't coming out. Giant Bomb uh, uh, has finally been useful uh, because by just going to Interplay, there they uh, list everything in chronological order. The last oh. game developed by Interplay Entertainment Core was Legendary Wars T Rex Rumble for the DSi. Uh. 
what was year? 2010. But it seems nice. like the the last like actual game was Fallout Brotherhood of Steel in 2004. That was the really crappy like Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance style Fallout game. Interplay not doing too well by the Fallout license in the 2000s. No. Like, that's why it was dormant for a while until uh, Bethesda brought it back to mixed results. Uh, Descent 3 is kind of the last major one before that, which was 1999. Hmm. Yeah. um, Now, kind of uh, wrap up here. I I really like both of the Earthworm Jim games. I, I kind of feel that, the like I said, the second one I think is better by developing some really good gimmicks and executing on them well. Uh, although I do like the uh, the behind-the-back uh, rocket thing that you do between levels in the first game. I kind of missed that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. The one where you race Psycho? Yeah. I mean, okay. look, if I got to race Psycho, I would rather it be that than the final boss of 2, which... So I actually, I think I beat two on like hard mode or something like that, which is maybe part of why I found that so frustrating. But I must have had to restart that final level like a good 15 times before I finally beat them. Because a lot of that is just you have to memorize the layout of that thing and know precisely when you need to time your jumps and your attacks. Because like Psycho rubber bands like a motherfucker. I barely remember it at all. Really, I think about 90% of my time playing Earthworm Jim 2 was probably just Lorenzo's Soil. Lorenzo's Soil soil is a, a great level. You got that one where, like, your head inflates and you have to, like, float up vertically and, like, avoid popping Jim's head. Oh, yeah. Uh, there was that one, too, where you're in, like, the, uh, the, the bathosphere and you can't, like, if you bump into stuff, it starts to crack. That's in one. That's Okay. I forgot that that was in one. Yeah. I liked that one well enough. It was kind of frustrating at the end of that level, though, when they start to make those corridors really tight, and yeah. like you hit something, you just start bouncing off of other stuff, so you don't really last too long. Yeah. Uh, There's like but that no salamander frames on that thing. Yeah. Oh, but that salamander level is like just a better executed version of that because it's a similar sort of a, uh, like almost like helicopter. You know, like you, you just don't want to touch the the corners of the level. Yep. But yeah, and just, like, I really, really love the whole style of Earthworm Jim. It's just so fucking weird. Like, even back then when I feel like games could be a lot more bizarre in the way that they kind of presented themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, the 90s had a lot of really gross characters, right? Like, Ren and Stimpy, Booger Man. But, like, Earthworm Jim felt sort of of that, but also, like stood out more it didn't feel like they were just being gross for the sake of being gross although they they had that like commercial where it was like an old woman eating worms which was actually pretty nasty i don't remember that they had to like take it off tv yeah because it was freaking people out man but yeah it's like her telling a story uh to a kid in bed i want to say about earthworm jim and she's just like chomping down on worms Okay. Yeah, it's disgusting. I mean, they, they were fake work. She was not eating. She was not eating. Look, Sony thought it was a good idea to put a baby doll in a room with a PlayStation 3, okay? Yeah, that was fine. Game commercials were kind of weird for a while. 
Remember the the Spyro the Dragon ones with the weird animatronic sheep man? Oh yeah. I kinda like those though. That sheep looked disgusting. Yeah. In it was horrible. Get into. Yeah. But I Yeah, I, I look I like Earthworm Jim. Also it was funny for me to find out that specifically Sonic the Hedgehog is what inspired Earthworm Jim as well. Like kind of going back to that uh mascot craze of the nineties sort of being kickstarted by Sonic specifically. Uh because what like what Playmates wanted was a Sonic-esque thing. They were like, we want a character that kind of catches on in the same way as Sonic specifically. And then obviously, Shiny went in a very different direction as far as gameplay and design goes, uh, thankfully. So Earthworm Jim doesn't feel as generic as a lot of the other mascots of that time did. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a bummer that there's just not more Earthworm Jim. I, I still feel that's a great character out of like the whole whopping three games in that series. Only one of them is really bad. Yeah. I mean, that's a better track record than uh, uh, Sonic. Hell yeah, it is. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I also feel that's kind of a, a thing where you can't just get any old staff involved to, to make it. It has to be the original team. I, I think so much of what made Earthworm Jim work was the fact that it was Tenable and Perry and uh, Broody and Talarico all in a room together making this game. I feel like not only that, but a large part of it for me is the art in it. And these days, that would be less likely to happen. Like, you would either have 3D environments, or if it is 2D, it would be like that sort of flash animation-looking 2D. It wouldn't be the same. Yeah, and then I kind of wonder if they if they actually sit down and do a four, what direction they go in with it. If they do that, or if they actually just make this like effort for it to be sprite work specifically, because I think that like I think doing two D games and that kind of flash animation style was more in vogue in like oh eight, like two thousand ten or something like that. Whereas now I think that there is definitely a swing back to doing stuff uh, sprite based. Yeah, yeah, there is. Which is good. So, look, so long as it doesn't look like that new Rock and Night Adventure game they made, basically. Like, just do it with sprites. The Rock and Night Adventure game was just like 3D, wasn't it? No, it, it had like Flash style stuff. I think like the backgrounds were 3D. Mm, but that Rock and okay. Night himself was kind of a Flash animated. I don't think that's true, but okay. You know what would have been great, though, instead of a fully 3D Earthworm gem on the Nintendo 64 is if they went like the Tombo route. Or like a mischief makers or something like that. Like specifically at that point in time, I think that would have been way, way, way better. Uh, Rocket Knight's 3D, so I don't know what you're talking about. Yes. No, okay, I don't know. Yeah. It's like cel shaded, well, kind of, but. Well, I don't think about the new Rocket Knight adventures much, so well, I've not. Okay. Uh. So I would definitely recommend both Earthworm Jim 1 and 2 on the Sega Genesis. Me too. I think that they are very good. Uh, I've not played them on the Super Nintendo, but considering that they are not that much different, I can't imagine you could go wrong either way. Yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah. Maybe don't do the Sega CD version if it's got that crap-ass extra level in it. That doesn't sound good. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah. I don't know. Like, actually hearing Talarico's music through, like, CD quality audio would be better. Um, 
but like if the trade-off is that you have to play that I, level yeah i don't I know like, i liked um like in snot a problem the sort of uh the snes compressing the shouts of like yeah in the soundtrack is pretty good mm, i'll need to sit down and listen to that because yeah i don't have a good like i i know what the genesis version of that sound that soundtrack sounds like very specifically but the the snes ones i'm less well, familiar with. let me tell you how good it is uh with the warmth of vinyl uh you really you get uh the full experience of the earthworm gym soundtrack Get enveloped by Tommy Tallarico's sweet jams. That's right. You know, one of the records uh, is pink. It looks like Jim's head. And the other record is green, like snot. Nice. It's cute. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Earthworm Jim, we're both into it. Yep. Yeah. It's a great game. Um, You know, not to drag it up too much. Definitely one of those games... Separate the artist from the art. Just enjoy the game for what it is, because the games are very good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I have to be clear that I still like Earthworm Jim despite that. Again, because it, it does not feel like he inserts his politics into those games, into any games that he has made that I'm familiar with. And I have to say that because I sort of feel if you invoke the name Doug Tenable, he will somehow find the fuck out about it and get shitty at you on the internet. Agreed. Uh, I have... <laughs> original art from him of uh, one of clayman from the neverhood and skull monkeys and one of earthworm jim and i don't need to hear him t- say anything about anything yeah. look there's a lot of artists who i feel that way about uh yeah. where i can still enjoy their work because they do not inject their personal beliefs into it and that's that's fine it's when those people definitely are that it is very easy to fall off with them and be like, okay, you know, I'm done. I liked your earlier stuff, but I'm not going to give you the time of day or my money anymore. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, as long as Earthworm Jim 4, when it eventually comes out in 2021 or whatever, doesn't have some sort of disgusting screed at the end of the game, then <laughs> I think... Wouldn't that be, <laughs> that would be great, though. Like, if you played through the whole thing and it's just like you put something like there that there in the middle of the credits... You know, sort of like that um what was that instead shooter? of turning into a cow jim turns into a men's right activist it's so fucking weird what was that uh that shooter that was like a duke nukem style shooter where there was stuff like that recently oh i'm not i was gonna say serious sam but i don't think it's that no no it, it's this was recent it was like a couple months ago but it's like it's oh, styled like duke nukem 3d and developers had put like weird stuff in there and they were going to remove it and then people bombed the steam reviews that they were mad they were going to remove it i guess and so then by the way it is 3d realms publishing it so that tells you a lot uh and <laughs> then they oh, reversed their decision and were like we're not going to censor our developers and uh so don't buy that game whatever mm. whatever it's called i can't remember whatever it's called. yeah well you know what let's not remember so we don't encourage anyone to go out and look it up well okay. um yeah yeah no th- there's a there's a, a lot of artists who uh are terrible and i i still like their work and a lot of them that are terrible that i just i can't enjoy anymore for varying reasons i think it also like some of that stuff has to do Talking with about kevin spacey uh, yeah <laughs> 
it's just hard now to watch anything with Kevin Spacey in it. Not for me. Because he was always a creep uh, anyway. No. Yeah. Like, actually, the, I guess. the weirdest like, one is um, Baby Driver. Because, like, the whole twist in that is like, oh, he's actually not the bad guy. Spoilers for Baby Driver. Mm. Well, yeah. Well, so anyway, uh, Larry and I both recommend Earthworm Jim for the yes. Genesis and the Super Nintendo. We do not recommend Doug to Naple as a person. Uh, so check him out. Don't check Doug out. That's all I have to say about that. Do you have anything you want to add, Larry? I'm looking forward to his angry comment. Um, <laughs> that, that, and that's all I have to say about that. This is the episode where I don't say what her email address is because I don't want to hear any of it. Good idea. This has been American Retro Pie. Uh, goodbye, dinosaurs. Goodbye, Doug Tenaple. Bye, Doug. Love your comics. I, you're a good artist, Doug. Don't please don't eviscerate me on the internet. Keep drawing. Don't talk. Yeah. Yeah.